freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We sure. are yes. I just figured out our theme and what it's all about now. Okay. <laughs> so it's like if I buy a jet ski and come home with it, you say, "Isn't that fun?" Is that right? Yeah, I think you got it. Yeah. So uh, we are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And as Dan said, our theme today is, well, isn't that fun? And depending on how you uh, say it, what tone of voice you use. I've heard it many times in the house. Let's just say (laughs) What uh, word you put the emphasis on, right? I put the emphasis on the syllable. Um, so uh, our next guest is is actually fun, but he talks about serious things. Uh, our next guest is uh, Stephen Gutowski. Now, I met Stephen. We met Stephen, Dan and I, at the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Florida recently. And uh, he is a writer at the Washington Free Beacon, and was awarded as the Defender of Liberty at the GRPC. And he's here to talk to us about the the same topic he spoke on at the GRPC, which is the gun rights battle from a media perspective. So uh, I would like to welcome to the show, Stephen, are you with us? Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Oh my gosh, we are thrilled to have you on. And I know that this season... Uh, you know, you are probably knee deep in uh, political stuff and debate talk from last night. And so we really appreciate you carving out a few minutes to be with us on the air. Um, But at the GRPC, you were sharing about how the media can actually be a friend of the people who love their their Second Amendment rights Um, and, and had something to do with a story about Katie Couric. Can you elaborate on that for us? Right. Well, uh, I think one of the main points I, I was trying to make at the conference was, um, you know, uh, it's important for people who believe in gun rights, uh, people who believe in our basic constitutional freedoms, um, <clears throat> to be involved in media, um, <clears throat> either, you know, through checking biases that exist in um, sort of the mainstream media, major media, um, or by producing their own content, um, especially in regards to uh, original news stories. And uh, w- one of the ways that I've been able to do this personally um, in my time with the Washington Free Beacon uh, is uh, through a story on Katie Kirk's documentary that, that many of you probably have heard of, um, in which she was exposed as essentially lying, uh, misrepresenting the opinions, um, the intelligence of gun rights advocates in Virginia. Uh, she had uh, people from the group called the Virginia Citizens Defense League sit down for interviews for her 
gun documentary, and um, audio that that group took proved that the final cut of that documentary um, was wildly misleading. They, that sh- they edited in 10 seconds of silence during a particular question to make it seem as though the gun rights advocates didn't have an answer, uh, when in fact the raw audio shows they answered immediately. Well, and so to your point that, so who, how would anybody have possibly known that there was this um, misrepresentation had the media not started the conversation or picked up the conversation and carried it forward. And so that, you know, that is part of what the media is supposed to do without now adding a layer or adding a tone. And the other thing that we, when I was growing up, the media was kind of our watchdog and would let us know when somebody wasn't telling the truth or they were putting a spin on things. And now it's so much of our, our quote unquote news sources that, that are doing exactly those things. So what are we as consumers of this news? What are we to do? Well, I think it's important to uh, counteract the kind of bias that you're seeing um, in mainstream outlets. Um, and and uh, I think as consumers of news, it's important to get news from a variety of sources so mm-hmm. that uh, you can you can tell whether or not um, someone is, is telling the truth. Uh, in the case of the Katie Kirk um, documentary, you know, that, that story was was uh, pushed by, you know, myself, but also places like Ammoland and Bearing Arms um, and, and a lot of other sort of uh, pro-liberty, pro-gun, whatever you want to call it, uh, outlets that, that serve in that case as um, a counterweight to uh, the bias that we saw from places that are favorable to Katie Couric um, and her other documentary makers, places like places that used to employ Katie Couric, like ABC, CBS, NBC. None of them talked about it, but the story got out anyway because, uh, you know, the Free Beacon, Nano Land, Bearing Arms, and then made its way to more people because there were still, there's still people um, in, in the mainstream media, places like the Washington Post um, and, you know, the Hill and, and uh, a lot of other outlets that will still call out bias if it's presented convincingly enough or with enough evidence. Mm-hmm. Well, I uh, am just looking while you're talking at, you know, your articles uh, on the Free Beacon because you can search by, uh, by author. So I pulled up Stephen Gutowski, and I am so excited to see the top story is something that I was yelling at the TV about last night during the debate. And your headline is, Hillary Clinton bizarrely claims that the landmark Heller decision, that's the Supreme Court decision that is about uh, saying that, that gun ownership is for private citizens, so that that landmark Heller decision was about toddlers' access to guns. I was like, what did she just say? Re- rewind that. When did the word toddler come into play in the Heller decision? Uh, well, it didn't. 
<laughs> Thank you. For sure. it's, it's not in any of the opinions, including the dissenting opinion. Um, Heller is very clearly about uh, the District of Columbia's total ban on handguns. The, the district used to have, uh, it used to be impossible to own a handgun legally in, in Washington, D.C., and that's what Heller, the man who sued the city, who was a retired police officer and didn't have any children in his home, so obviously didn't, his case had nothing to do with toddlers. Um, that's what he was suing over. He wanted to have a handgun. He wasn't legally allowed to do so. He sued. The Supreme Court said Second Amendment guarantees an individual right to keep and bear arms. So this law is unconstitutional, and that's Heller, and that's, that's one of the largest landmark decisions in the history of the Supreme Court. Well, I, I'm so happy that you wrote this article to kind of clear things up, and people can find it at freebeacon.com, and uh, they search uh, either the title or your name, Stephen with a P-H, Gutowski, G-U-T-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, you even put the clip for where she says it. Now, I know because I, you know, I read everything I can get my hands on, but the average person watching the debate last night maybe doesn't know that what she was right. trying to desperately, uh, you know, the talking point, she was trying to desperately ro- rope into the question about the Supreme Court uh, when she mentioned toddlers was the CDC report that came out. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before. And the CDC report was saying, you know, what it looks like maybe more toddlers are um, accidentally getting injured with firearms. And then we found a report that said that one of the main people involved in that CDC report said, yeah, but I don't really know that our findings are that reliable. Yet she wants to stand there on the biggest stage there is right now to speak to the most numbers of people there are and allude to this report. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling the, the links that, that politicians will go to and the media will support them in, not the Free Beacon, uh, will support them in stretching the truth, redefining the truth, um, trying to conflate things together. Uh, what did you think of that? Did you catch what she was saying with the word toddler, why that appeared? Yeah, well, the whole incident was very odd. I mean, it it certainly mirrors what uh, a campaign that's being pushed right now by the the Brady campaign, which is a gun control group that has a whole sarcastic ad campaign about toddlers. um, And, you know, they have a website called toddlerskill.org, and it's supposed to be like a, sarcastic play on, um, you know, guns aren't the problem, toddlers are the problem. But the, the, the problem was with Hillary Clinton's answer is that it just it didn't fit. Like, I it's, thought it was pretty clear she was trying to allude to that campaign they had going on, but Heller had literally nothing to do with toddlers. So it was just bizarre. Um, but uh, going back to my previous point about the media, you know, that, that question that she was asked last night, that came directly from uh, one of my reports, actually, one of my Free Beacon report that I co-wrote with Alana Goodman last year on uh, leaked audio from a, a donor meeting that Hillary had where she had said that the Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment, uh, clearly talking about the Heller decision. And, you know, that, that led to this question being asked at the debate, and then Hillary 
uh, sort of making this bizarre claim that Heller was about toddlers. Um, and I just think that goes to show sort of another example of what uh, people who believe in gun rights or or people who, even if you just want a more representative media, fairer media, can accomplish. Because uh, without the work that, you know, we've done here at the Free Beacon, that question never would have come up. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have been an issue. Absolutely. So. so I'm looking at a couple of the other headlines that you've written recently. And uh, one is that Clinton's forceful gun position had some Democratic caucus members, quote, freaking out. Uh, so internal emails uh, label her gun control stance as most aggressive ever. And, I mean, you and I know that uh, because we, we follow this stuff. But um, to a lot of the, the maybe the new voters or people that are even new to gun ownership, they don't, maybe don't understand that the stance that she's been taking – that would have been a campaign killer even even 10 years ago, a generation ago. And and somehow they've managed to gain some ground with this this rhetoric. What what do you what do you make of that? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, I thought the most interesting part is that it's it's internal email. I mean, it's from the WikiLeaks hack, which is, you know, people suspect a uh, Russian involvement with that. But. Uh, regardless, the emails are out there, and the interesting thing to me is that this is them saying, this is apparently something that Hillary Clinton said herself, that caucus, Dem Democratic caucus members were freaking out about her gun positions, because they are legitimately, just objectively, the most uh, radically anti-gun or pro-gun control positions that any major party candidate has ever taken. She's uh, obviously, we talked about the the leaked audio where she said that the Supreme Court is wrong in Heller, which means that she apparently, I mean, that case was about whether or not the government could completely ban handguns, so that's pretty radical mm -hmm. to say that the Supreme Court is wrong. She also, um, in another story that the, the Free Beacon broke, a colleague of mine, uh, Blake Sites, she said that Australia's gun, uh, mandatory gun buyback program, or gun confiscation scheme, whatever you want to call it, she said that that's worth considering, that it's a good example, which is another very radical position that Democrats have not generally taken a public stand on before. Um, as for why it hasn't sort of cost her the election or hurt her as much as you might think, well, just mainly probably because it hasn't been a campaign issue. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't been something that's been talked about really until last night. I mean, the, both of them sort of briefly mentioned guns in their, you know, campaign stuff, but it's not, it's certainly not a focus of the election. Well, the Supreme Court has been, and it, it is in large part because of, you know, the, the gun issue, the Second Amendment issue. But I think Dan's got a question for you. Stephen, I, I, it's not really a question, but a statement. You know, we, we have a gun shop, and we have a lot of customers coming in and out. And I was surprised how many of them were Democrats. You know, we, we have open conversations in our store, and, you know, it's like a mom-pa store, and everybody comes around and talks. And I was just amazed at how many Democrats don't realize that she wants to take our guns away or that, the, that she even has the power to do it. They're saying, 
stuff like she doesn't have the power, she can't do it even if she's president. But what they're not really adding up is she gets the Supreme Court justices lined up and goes in there. And then if it happens to be that they have the majority of the House or Senate, we what could we possibly do to stop her? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a fair point. I mean, uh, if, if the scenario is that she wins the presidency, Democrats keep, take control of the Senate and the House, then we're in a lot of trouble, I think, as uh, gun owners uh, legitimately would be in a lot of trouble on that point. I mean, it's it's hard to say exactly what she would focus on. If you look at President Obama, he had two years of complete control of Congress. He only managed to pass one thing, but it was a very major reform, you know, Obamacare. Um, that's what they chose to focus on at that time. There's really no way to know what Democrats would choose to focus on. It very well could be guns, and it could very well be legislation that's that's extremely... Um, Bad for gunners. Well, I so, think that uh, I think that Hillary Clinton is a control freak, and I think the first thing she's going to do is do something with our guns because that would give her more control. That's just my opinion on it. But she has plain out stated that she she's going to to do it. So I'm I'm a little nervous of that. And and then again, like you know, if if Trump said to me or to the public, I I don't like guns or any of this. Uh, rights that we have uh, would be a jeopardy. I would say I'm not voting for him. Period. You know, I, we're strong on the Second Amendment. All of our rights, we're we're very strong on that. And if a candidate doesn't s- support the Second Amendment, we're through. We're, we're just done. Well, it's more than just the Second Amendment to us. It's the Constitution itself. And um, you know, I I've heard some people say, and and I don't know, maybe you have too, Stephen. That if they were really, really as serious about uh, doing, you know, protecting the children, as they say they are, and protecting the toddlers, why wouldn't they be pushing for so many of the programs that are about education, right? Because, um, you know, take your pick, but the, the NRA has an amazing program, the Eddie Eagle where they, they teach little kids, if you encounter a gun, you stop, you don't touch, you run away, and you tell a grown-up. So I would think that that would be the platform to take. Have you, have you heard anybody make any serious attempts to, get, uh, to, to, to push that forward as a politician? Uh, not from the gun control side of things, no. I mean, generally the gun control advocates are focused on passing laws to restrict access to guns in one way or another. Um, you know, that's their main focus. As you talked about, I mean, a lot of people look at the NRA and they they see the political activism side of it, and they don't really realize the rest of the organization that exists. I mean, mm-hmm. the NRA is a very large organization, and uh, a large amount of their resources goes directly to um, either training. Uh, obviously, the, the NRA has the the country, if not the world's largest uh, gun training uh, program, you know, the NRA Certified Instructor Program. Um, I'm actually uh, an instructor myself. Uh, and that's that's a very large part of what they do, that and um, competitive shooting. But a lot of people, you know, the more controversial aspect tends to get more attention. So people just think of the NRA as a political organization. That's really. exactly what the problem is, that they t- treat the NRA as a gun lobbyist, uh, 
gun-toting thing and nothing about the safety. If the people, if the media would share the all the information, people would have a different view about what the NRA is and what gun owners stand for. Sure. Well, I know you're doing your part, and we've got to start wrapping up, but I definitely wanted people to know how they could follow you and reach out if they have a maybe an idea for a story. Do you accept uh, story ideas? Tell us a little bit about uh, how, how we can find you online. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have any tips for a story, I'm always uh, interested in that. Um, but uh, the best way to send me tips for stories is uh, to my Free Beacon email address, which is just uh, gutowski at freebeacon.com. That's uh, G-U-T-O-W-S-K-I at F-R-E-E-B-E-A-C-O-N.com. Um, and then you can also find me on Twitter, which is just uh, my name, which is uh, S-P-E-P-H-E-N-G-U-T-O-W-S-K-I. It's a crazy Polish name, but uh, hopefully people can remember how to spell it. Um, <laughs> but those are the best ways to contact me. Well, that's awesome. And I remember when we were at the conference together and I was putting your contact info in my phone and I was speaking it in, you know, with the the, um, the microphone, and you were just kind of shaking your head like, it's never going to, it's not going to. And it did. So if you just speak yeah. in, Siri was very kind to you. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> knew how to spell your name correctly. Um, and I also noticed here that uh, you are on Twitter at the at Stephen Gutowski. I, I don't remember if you said that just now or not, but um, I would highly recommend people go to freebeacon.com and uh, type in Stephen Gutowski and follow the the thread because he's got some great uh, stories on there. And um, again, I want to congratulate you on winning that award, Defender of Liberty. That is a big deal, sir. Thank you. So very honored. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for being on. Uh, I will have your guest page up and running so people can go there and, and find links to all those things that we were talking about. And uh, keep up the good work. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. All right, Stephen Gutowski. All right, stick around because we still have Kelsey Williams coming up. Kelsey works for CMG Marketing and Events. And among other things, they put together part of this little teeny tiny show that happens every year in Vegas called The Shot Show. It's the industry standard of shows in the firearms industry. So stick around. We're going to talk with her. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com.
Hey, ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We are so glad you're here with us today. And if you've missed any portion of this show, or if you want to go back and hear any of the shows we've ever done, you can go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab, and every one of our shows is right there waiting for you. You can also click on the Guest tab, and you will be able to put a face with a voice. So there's a picture of all of our previous guests and links to all of their Facebook page, their website, anything that we've talked about while we're on the air with them. And it's just a great resource for you. So be sure and check that out. And we do want to hear from you. We, we want This was, is a conversation and we want it to be a conversation. So if you have thoughts or ideas for the show or questions about a guest we had on or, or you want to disagree in a in a respectful <laughs> and logical manner. Sometimes uh, people get a little flamed up and we, we don't want to have those kind of conversations. But if you, um, you want to disagree with something we said or something a guest said, we welcome any thoughtful, respectful comments. You can email us at talk at gunfreedomradio.com. You can go to our Twitter you can go to a Facebook page, um, and there's even a Contact Us segment on our website. But everywhere we are on social media, you just find us from Gun Freedom Radio. And we are excited to keep our theme going and introduce our next guest. Our theme is, well, isn't that fun? And uh, we welcome someone to the show today who does do something very fun for a living. It is her business to help put together fun events, which in turn helps to foster people connecting in a meaningful way, because when an event is well-crafted and left in the hands of a skilled event producer or promoter, everyone can come away genuinely saying, well, wasn't that fun? We welcome to the air, Kelsey Williams. Are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So I was um, looking over the website, the CMG marketing website, and just getting jealous to see the list of companies, the high, high quality companies that you get to work with over the course of the year. And uh, 
The reason that you and I became acquainted is because of uh, a big show that's coming up. It's an annual show in Las Vegas, The Shot Show. And uh, p- the part of that that you guys are involved in uh, is the in- uh, the media day or industry day uh, at the range, right? Yes, we uh, co-own that event for 12 years. We've been putting that event on with another company, Triple Curl, and the event has just grown quite a bit, and we were lucky enough to hear from you this year and get you involved and signed up for the event, so we are excited to have you there as well. So tell us a little bit, what is that event? What what would people... Now, I think it's already probably sold out and closed, but um, uh, for next year, maybe, if somebody's interested... So SHOT Show Industry Day at the Range is what we like to say the largest, most influential one-day event in the hunting and shooting industry. We get to bring over 1,600 media buyers, dealers, and distributors together for one day, and they get to actually test over 200 manufacturers' products. It's the event where all of their new products are unveiled, and they actually, all these attendees actually get a hands-on experience where they can't do that at actual shot show which takes place the next the next few days well this sounds like the place to be and this is the first year that uh danny who's also on with us uh my co-host and husband first year we've had a chance to get to vegas early enough to even participate in industry day at the range and so we are completely just geeking out about the whole thing so (laughs) well you're going to be in for quite a quite a good day. We have everything from our main areas, our pistol and rifle lanes. But in addition, we have knife throwing, which we've got a company come has been doing that for a few years now. We have archery, air gun. We even have a demo track where Ram Trucks comes out and actually takes people out and tests them on off-road vehicles. It's um, it's a great day. Everything and anything you can think of in this industry has is at industry day at the range. So it's a lot of fun. And so is it sold out or are you still accepting applications at this point? We have, we are completely sold out. We closed registration last week with the highest man- number of manufacturers we've ever had in 12 years, which was 204. So we are very excited. The event has grown from the first year where we had less than a hundred companies, way less than a hundred companies, and a hundred mem- members of the media, to now over two hundred manufacturers and over sixteen hundred attendees. It's just it's grown quite a bit. That is phenomenal. And you probably opened registration on Monday and closed it on Tuesday because everybody's just chomping at the bit, waiting for registration to open, right? It is. And a few years ago, we did have to change over to an invitation only process because it was. So popular, but this way we have all the media that the manufacturers would like there, and all the big buyers, dealers, and distributors as well, so that the folks at home can start learning about all the new products because all these media are live blogging, posting, and streaming about it. In addition, these buyers actually get a hands-on experience. So when they go back home to their local dealers, they actually can talk to those customers about how the product shoots and all the ins and outs of it because they've actually had the opportunity to test the product. It's it's an incredible opportunity and really, you know, the networking and, and the ability to, to actually handle the equipment, it's, in, it's so important because just you and I being able to meet each other, you know, we haven't even gotten to meet in person yet, 
But the, once we do, it's just going to solidify that relationship. And you might introduce me to, to somebody else that you've worked with, or I might introduce you to somebody that needs your, your services as an event planner. And it's just a wonderful thing to be able to, to bring people together. And, and how lucky are you, how blessed are you to be able to, to spend your days doing just that? I, it really is a great privilege. We, you know, we start planning industry day the next day after the event takes place. It truly is a year long process, but we all enjoy every moment of it just to make sure that all the attendees and all the manufacturers get the most out of it so that they can in turn bring back the, you know, all the information to and share with consumers. Kelsey, what time does that open up? It opens up at 8.30 in the morning for the registered media. As you did mention earlier, it used to be called Media Day at the Range because we only invited media to attend. But since we've now opened up to all those buyers and dealers, we now call it Industry Day at the Range. So those buyers and dealers can come in at noon and spend the rest of the day till 4.30 with us. I get So I'll get to see or watch people shoot from 8.30 in the morning till 4.30? Yes, that is awesome. correct. That's a dream. <laughs> I'll be there. Do you want me to come early? <laughs> well, There's a line if you do. Everybody stands there waiting, chomping at the bit for those gates to open. I believe it. And so if anybody's listening, because uh, we do uh, have a nationwide audience, and they already better be planning, because if you're, the day after this is, is over, planning for the next year, they should already be planning and, and reaching out and trying to make sure that they've got all their ducks in a row uh, for the next year. Um, do you find that, that you are, with with the people that are setting up, are they planning a year out or some, maybe sometimes even two years out because they've got to have all of their their displays and everything? What What would you recommend to somebody? So for a manufacturer looking to come, you know, we really recommend even getting on our contact list today. We've, that form is up on our website and we'll start sending you information about the event pretty much either at the end of January or early February. And this way you can start learning what limited spots are available. You know, we have expanded this range as large as we can possibly expand it at this point to maximize the number of shooting companies we have. But we also have some great opportunities for non-shooting exhibits as well. So if you can start planning yourselves within about 10 months, then you should be good to go for industry day. That's fantastic. Um, and so the people that are set up there and, and say they've got a gun that they want people to try, are they supplying all the ammunition? Do they charge for ammunition? How does that work? The manufacturers supply their own ammunition. We have um, great partnerships with Winchester and Federal, who are some of our sponsors. So they also help out the manufacturers by giving them you know, industry pricing to help to make sure everybody can shoot as much as they want. <laughs> Awesome. That is fantastic. So you don't just produce Industry Day at the Range. You, Your company, uh, CMG Marketing and Events, works with several, I mean, really awesome, high-visibility high, uh, companies. Um, tell us a little bit about what else you do besides this big outdoor event called Industry Day at the Range. We are also a full-service marketing and event planning company. So we do everything from media planning and buying to public relations to planning smaller events for our clients. We've ha um, been in business since 2005 and have had amazing success in being able to work with a wide 
wide variety of companies in security, defense, outdoor hunting, the whole gamut. And it's just been a wonderful blessing that we can get to continue to do this for the industry every day. Well, that is awesome. Can we name drop a little bit? Can we name some of the very cool people you get to work with? Uh, we'd be happy to tell you that we do work very closely with Blazer, Sauer, and Mauser, and we've had some great experience with them. And, you know, you can go on to our website, CMG Marketing Events, and see the full list of companies that we've had the pleasure of working with or continue to work with. Well, that is fantastic. And I also saw on the list 4-H Shooting Sports, and I, I am so excited to know that they are still – we don't – I don't have any 4-H near – near us, but I did a lot of 4-H growing up, so I'm, I'm glad that they've reached out to you and they've got your help, too. Yes, our owner, Kathy Williams, was on the board of 4-H for, uh, for a while when she first started CMG and has a relationship with them, so another, another great organization. Fantastic. Well, suppose that I am a company and I said, you know what, I would love to be able to put on an event or, or maybe I just need some help getting my visibility out there. Um, is that are, is CMG the, the company that I'm going to call? Absolutely. We've open, our, we open our arms to anybody who would like some, just some more advice. You know, maybe they're just getting into this industry or maybe they've been here for a long time and they just need a new fresh look. Please come to CMG. We are a unique full service agency. And the great thing about us, we are a small woman owned company in this industry, which is something that is very rare to say. And we are proud to be able to say that. Fantastic. Well, tell us uh, how they can reach out. Is it the website? Is there a phone number? Are you on the social media sites? How do we find you? All of the above. Um, our website has all of our contact information that they can find either get in touch with either myself or the president, Kathy Williams, and we reach out to you right away and we'll open up that dialogue and see how we can help you. Fantastic. Well, we have really enjoyed the talk. I'm so excited that in, in January, I'm going to get to meet you in person, I, I hope, out at the industry Likewise. day. Yes. Yes. I'm always there. I might be running around a little bit, but you can you will be able to catch me. I <laughs> love it. Thank you again so much, Kelsey Williams of CMG Marketing and Events. Thank you. We'll see you out at the range. I love it. You know, Cheryl, we spend a week at Vegas already. Now we're going to need to spend 10 days. <laughs> I know. We should just get a condo there or yeah. something. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that didn't take much prompting. All right. We'll stick around because we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. You're supposed to do your own. Um, <laughs> I'm not so calm Right today. after this. Remember, there was that uh, the, the bait. Yeah. Debate. Yeah. Stick around. Not too calm. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military 
military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And you know what, Dan? We were talking off air. We aren't just sponsored by AZ Firearms. What? Who else sponsors us? We're sure not. You know, we have Pot of Gold Estate Auctions. We never we, talk about it. No, and you know that every two weeks... We have an auction the first and third Tuesday of the month, and we always have at least 40 or 50 guns mm-hmm. in every auction. We have ammo lots, right? right. And we're talking, we're talking about Smith & Wessons and Rugers and, I mean, nice guns, sometimes some, military guns. And sometimes brand new. In the box. Right? Right. That we're selling at auction. Um, sometimes it's someone's collection, and they've just never, never used the guns. They bought them. You know, haven't we all bought a gun as an investment? Right. And so sometimes they're like, well, you know, now I want to invest in this other one, but I've got to sell. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Cheryl, you know what? That's a, that's a line that sometimes we guys tell our better half that uh, we bought it for an investment. Wink, wink. Well, so but anyway, um, we I, do buy, you know, we, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of guns walk in the store. A guy walks in and wants to sell 100 guns, which happens quite often. Mm-hmm. We'll put one or th- two or three or whatever I can in the gun shop. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them go to the auction. And but that's not the only place we get the guns. We get the guns from people that just want to con- consign them to the auction. There's no reserves. They sell for what they sell for. And there's some great bargains out but there. But now it sounds like all we sell is guns in the auction. No, we sell a lot more than guns. Coins, another big thing. You know... A lot of people that collect guns also collect pocket watches, guns, and just miscellaneous. We're all hoarders, right? (laughs) Well, sometimes the closets get too full, and so you can bring it down a pot of gold, and we can sell it for you. Uh, We've got a good audience for guns, coins, jewelry, antiques, collectibles. We've sold a few boats. We've sold a few cars. We've had some 1915 cars. We've had some great stuff. So I think that it would be worth just to check out our website at potofgoldestate.com and check out our past auctions. You know, you can go back 
10 years, see every auction we've ever had mm-hmm. and how much a gun sold for. So you can go to past auctions, type in Winchester 94. Every Winchester 94 we ever sold is going to come up and the price that we sold it for. So it's even kind of like a an information source. It's a great right? piece of information. You so. get it quick, too. It's not like you got to wait 10 minutes for it to load. Well, and we have worked so often with families um, that, you know, maybe grandpa's passed or, or whoever it was that was the gun hoarder in the family. And, um, you know, maybe they not everybody wants the guns um, or whatever the, the estate holds. Um, but we've worked with a lot of people out of California even since their laws changed so drastically in July of this this year. Um, people are like suddenly, well, you know what? Nothing changed about me and nothing changed about the firearm. But suddenly I'm I'm on the wrong side of the law because the law changed around me. And so they've contacted us and we are legal to go to any state because we have a federal firearms license. <laughs> go to any state. And bring their guns to Arizona and sell them uh, through the auction. So that's it's been a good service that we've been able to to offer people. Right. We go to California quite a bit. And it's kind of fun because we can take it a business vacation type trip. That's true. So I, I really do. enjoy that. But, you know, a lot of people back in the 70s and 80s that were real serious gun collectors. I'm talking about the military collectors that collected everything. You know, they kind of kept to themselves. They didn't really talk to the wife too much about what they have or to the kids what they have. So when they pass away, the the wife or the family is going, oh, now what do I do? Yeah. So I invite you to come and talk to us. There's no obligation. We're not going to force you to sell. We're not going to try to talk you in anything. What I'm going to do is we're going to give you the options, and then you make a decision. I think I ended up just interviewing you, or you interviewed yourself just now about our other business. But when we were talking about uh, the gun hoarding, there is a really cute video, funny video uh, that just came up on YouTube by Colion Noir. He's one of the spokespeople for uh, NRA TV, and it's called Why You Shouldn't Get Into Guns. And it's it's really cute, and it's really true using humor that you know you start out with one gun and that's all you're ever going to need until oh shoot maybe i need an ar because it's an investment and then you're sure that's all you're going to need and about four days later here comes a magazine in the mail and you start casually flipping through and you're like oh wow now the ar looks naked let me put a scope on it and let me you know kind of trick it out a little bit anyway it's cute video and that happens on both sides of the tables both men and women Mm -hmm. love to accessorize Mm -hmm. and add to their collection no no one should have just one gun well we we don't Just we might gun. have one gun in <laughs> one area. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. One gun in each room, maybe, or two. Anyway, moving right along, it is time for our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. A never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. All right, well, you have heard us talk on this show about doing your part to avoid danger, Right. Be aware of your surroundings, be uh, a good and courteous ambassador of the Second Amendment, uh, you know, the, the rights that we value and enjoy, don't provoke others, you know, that sort of thing. And you can certainly hear your mom's voice in your head about staying away from bad areas of town and not to be carousing out late at night, right? Well, one woman tried so hard to avoid danger 
that she not only filed a restraining order, but she also moved from Georgia to California, over 2,500 miles from one coast to the other coast. And you know what? Danger, it turns out, can travel too and drive or fly or take a bus and follow us wherever we go. So when danger followed this one young woman and not only located her new home seven states away, but walked up to the door of that home and at 11 a.m. on a bright, sunny Friday morning, forced his way into her home and began firing his gun at her and other people she had taken shelter with, it was obvious that the restraining order wasn't working. And the 911 call that she was desperately making as the bullets were whizzing past her head wasn't going to bring help fast enough. Were it not for her friend, who was also staying in the same home, having prepared himself as a responsibly armed citizen to protect against danger's relentless pursuit, we would be reading a much different news story today. From the San Jose Mercury News, October 17, 2016, Robert Salonga. Authorities have identified a Georgia man who was wounded in a home shootout after he broke in and attacked a woman he was reportedly stalking, only to be sent away by her relative who returned fire. William Brady III, 43, remains at a local hospital and is expected to survive multiple gunshot wounds he sustained in the Friday confrontation on Oak Knoll Circle, according to the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office. Brady was arrested on suspicion of attempted murder and is expected to be booked into jail once he is released from the hospital. According to the Sheriff's Office, the encounter occurred sometime around 11 a.m. Friday when Brady walked up to the Los Altos Hills home and appeared to be armed with a handgun. A woman inside called 911 to report Brady's appearance at the home, where she was staying with relatives, and said he had been stalking her. She was still on the phone with emergency dispatchers when Brady reportedly forced his way inside the home and started shooting at the woman and at least two other residents, the sheriff's office said. A male resident armed himself when Brady was approaching and fired back, hitting him several times and forcing Brady to flee. Responding deputies, joined by a SWAT team and an armored vehicle borrowed from Sunnyvale Police, approached the home and soon found a wounded Brady inside and he was taken to the hospital, the sheriff's office said. A handgun thought to belong to Brady was also recovered. No one inside the residence was injured and the man who shot Brady was not expected to be charged with any crime. A law enforcement source told this newspaper that the shooting by the resident is being treated as a case of self-defense. Wow, I, um, I, I don't know what to say about this. I mean, he had a restraining order. Why did he do it? They're not supposed to do that. It's just like the uh, no guns allowed, free gun-free zones. Mm-hmm. If you put a sign up, you know, I was cruising the net a couple days ago, and I saw a surfboard, and it was above the water, and you were below the water looking up, and the surfboard said, sharks don't eat me. Okay? So <laughs> it said, sharks don't eat me. Okay. So that protected him. The sharks aren't going to eat that. Just like a gun-free zone, people aren't going to go to gun-free zones. Yeah. Um, well, the restraining order is kind of like a personal gun-free zone, right? And right. A, a knife-free zone and a you know beating-free zone. And yet, somehow, they're ignored every single day. And danger finds his, his or her 
victims every single day. And I am just, I'm thankful that this young woman had a responsibly armed citizen in her home to help protect her and the lives of the others in her home because danger was going to do whatever he wanted to do. He, the way the story reads, it sounds like the minute he busted through the front door, he just started firing. And so there was no time for the police to get there. The police aren't bad. Sometimes they're busy and sometimes they just cannot be magically where you need them to be at the exact second that you need them to be there because danger happens in in the now. There's only two ways. You can either carry a gun with you 24 hours a day and be alert, Mm -hmm. or you can have a policeman on your side 24 hours a day, or maybe two policemen. That's the only way that you can protect yourself. Yeah, or higher higher, um, security, and you and I can't afford that. We're not celebrities, so. Can I ask (laughs) one other question? I mean, you know, Hillary has her security guards and all that, right? Mm -hmm. If she didn't have security guards, could she pass a background check right now? Hmm. That is a question. I mean, could she? Because That's worth a Google. Yeah, it's worth a Google. All anyway. right. Well, what time is it now, Dan? Um, time for Dan's commentary. Tell yourself that you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. My, uh, commentary today and I'm going to try to keep calm because you know I did tell you that I watched the debate and I saw what I saw and I I thought that I might have been hearing some lies about, no. about politician you know, might how, lie and how Hillary is like starting to sway the other way and saying that she's not so pro uh, anti-gun how Wait, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> so she's not so anti-gun that she's pro-Second Amendment, things like that. So pro-anti-gun. Yeah. Okay. I value the Second Amendment, but... Anyway, so my my commentary today is about gun control fail. You know, just recently in Boston, we had two wounded police officers. And um, the guy that shot them had a a shotgun, and he didn't have a permit to carry that shotgun. So uh, he was not licensed to have that gun. So tell me what gun control law would have stopped that. So he was already breaking the law just by being in possession of the gun. Right. And then he broke another law by shooting people. And he probably broke another law because why the police came in the first place. Possibly. So tell me how that's going to help. And then, you know, what's even... Now, both of these police officers survived. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah, thank God for that. But... Then we go to uh, Palm Springs, California. Uh, we were actually in California when that happened, and um, a really sad thing: two police officers died. One of them was with a brand new baby, and I, I just, my heart just is so upset about this. But John Felix shot and killed two police officers in Palm Springs, and he had a stolen firearm. So tell me again, what other laws would have stopped him? Well, they wouldn't have. And last I checked, murder was against the law. So um, he he had no problem breaking. I mean, what what greater law is there other than the preservation of, of human life? Right. And so if they're going to break that law, do you think that it matters a whit to them 
to break into someone's house and steal a gun um, or buy one off the black market. And I think the anti-gun people have this magical idea of the world that somehow they can cause firearms to evaporate off the face of the earth. And that is just never going to be reality. You can't unring a bell and you can't uninvent the firearm. Just like A.W.R. Hawkins said today, that background checks only prevent and give trouble to people that can legally own guns. And I also think that these gun control laws only benefit I mean, only hurt the people that are legally allowed to own guns. Mm-hmm. It, you can't, the, the gun control thing just can't work. You know, the whole thing is, their whole message is to take our guns away completely. How do they do that? They start by registering guns. This background check, uh, the uh, loophole at the gun shows, is all about uh, private transfer, uh, transfers being uh, recorded so they can record them and they can get a record of the guns. Once they have all the guns, then they have all the guns. Then they come and take them away. So what James and I are going to do is tell you, we don't need any more gun control laws. Hey! See you later, James. <laughs> well, we do have to wrap up. But I also want to say that a big component of it is changing the um, the culture, that's what they're trying to do. They're poisoning the minds against people to, to make those of us that value our Second Amendment rights out to, out to be, you know, knuckle-draggers or backward-thinking or something like that. And you know you've experienced that in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, the Hollywood elite looking down the end of their nose at us. I invite anybody that, that thinks that they're a bunch of knuckle-dragging people, just go to the gun sh- go to the SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in suits and a lot of people, executives, and mm-hmm. it's just amazing how many wonderful people are at that show. Absolutely. Well, we have to wrap up, but I, I do want to thank our tech crew. They're fantastic. I want to thank our listeners. What we do here would mean nothing without you. And our guests for taking the time out of their life to come on and enrich our lives with a piece of their life, their wisdom, their history, their background, and uh, keep the conversation going. And until next time, pray for our nation, especially as we are careening towards this uh, election. Double pray. We need double double pray. pray. Yeah. And pray for our leaders. Uh, All of them? No, this time, you know what I want to say? Pray that maybe they don't get elected. No, pray for them. That, oh, that them. No. Pray for them. Oh, as, Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. Or as Trump would say, no. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Our founding fathers. Here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since. Evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. 
We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.